The OneStream Global Education Services team proudly presents the OneStream Podcast with your host, Peter Fugere. Greetings, fellow OneStreamers, and welcome to the OneStream Podcast, where we explore and examine all things OneStream, talk to experts in the industry, and gain knowledge from some of the brightest minds that help deliver and implement solutions for our clients. This is part of the OneStream Expert Series, where we explore and examine fundamental concepts, tools, and topics surrounding OneStream. And in this, our second season, we're diving into how customer business requirements become real solutions. I'm your host, Peter Fugere, Chief Solutions Officer at OneStream Software, and I'm grateful to welcome Craig Colby, President and Founder at OneStream Software. Welcome, Craig. Thanks, Peter. So glad to be here. And among the group that you call smart, I think you said smart and exciting. I don't know what I don't know how I got the invite, but I'm pretty excited to be here. Well, rarely we get a founder to the podcast, so thanks for joining. And I want to start with asking, what were the early days like? You, Bob, Tom, what was it like starting out at OneStream? Tell me some stories about that time. Well, it was it was exciting. I mean, you know, I think you've heard a little bit about it, but uh, you know, I try to share this story that you know we didn't know what we wanted to be at first. Uh, we weren't sure whether we were going to be a niche product or we were going to go after the the whole shebang, the platform, if you will, and all the products. And we beat it up for a while. Uh, but all along, Tom and Bob were writing software. They were writing what they they call the infrastructure or the basement to any enterprise type software. So they were creating uh, that sort of uh, uh, infrastructure, if you will, uh, the foundation of what would eventually become OneStream. And once we actually decided, we said, yeah, we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to start with the the foundation of financial intelligence. Uh, Bob came up with an absolutely brilliant invention, which I know you know about yeah. with extensible dimensionality, which allows us to have that, you know, corporate financial control along with that operational relevance for for planning. That's a little bit different than it is for actuals, but all living together. You know, naturally, we came up with that concept. When I say we, I mean Bob. Um, and it's an invention. And and when I when I first understood it, when we sat in a room and he started explaining how it would work and how we could actually, you know, satisfy the requirements of a customer that had, and th- just think about the core pillar products, HFM, consolidation, planning for planning, and S-Base for analytics. And once I understood that we could actually do all those things, I knew it was a big idea. I, I literally, I, I remember saying the comment, I said, we're going to be a really big company, you guys, someday, because this is going to be different. It's going to be better and people are going to want it. Well, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I'm, I'm coming up on my 11th year at OneStream and I still haven't seen anything like it from anybody else since. So, you know, it was a, it was a big idea and it really changed the way I thought a lot about, about CPM. When did the idea for trying to achieve 100% customer success uh, come into play. Was that really at the, the beginning or where did that come from? It came from Upstream, Peter. So remember, we had this little company called Upstream Software. We sold it to Hyperion in 2006. And when Tom and Jeff and I started that company, um, I was coming from a company where we did not have any customer success. <laughs> I had to leave because we, we, we couldn't deliver our own product uh, at all. Like with no, We had no chance of success. And, uh, I, it's, it's actually why I took the bold step of starting a company with Tom and Jeff at the time. I couldn't take working for my company anymore. I couldn't sell the product anymore. There's nothing worse than selling something that 
doesn't work out the way you say it's supposed to and the way your company tells you it's going to. Because your company comes in and tells you, yeah, it's going to do this. It's going to be great. And so I, when I came in, I said, listen, I can't work at a company that where we have these, you know, where people don't like what we sell. And, you know, Tom and I and Tom's like, yeah, that's our mission statement. Every customer is going to be referenced in a success. And we've we've tweaked the, the words here. Uh, but the mission never changes. The mission is every customer. The goal should be to deliver a success. And if that's not your goal, then you might as well get out of business um, if that's not the goal. Now, we're not perfect and there's no such thing as perfect. And you know that, Peter, you've been part of a lot of implementations. Oh, yeah. Some of them are really hard, right? Customers are hard and their requirements are super complex. And, you know, we solve the biggest, hardest problems in the world, right? Of course, it's not. There's no such thing as perfect. But we, we get to the other side. When we have a true partnership with the customer, we always get to the other side and we deliver a success. And if you ask me, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm the most proud of, um, and you haven't asked me yet, but I'm going to tell you, it's that. It's our commitment to delivering a success. We are truly committed to do it. And we dive in and, uh, you know, we call it giving blood sometimes. Sometimes we have to give blood to deliver that success, but we do it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I worked at other companies too. And I think it's, it was one of the most remarkable things for me coming to OneStream and um, how, as we grew, we we're able to keep keep that commitment to to keep promising to deliver. Um, it's I think it's unusual, and it, I think it's one of the things that makes us unique. To be honest, let's talk about your current role as president uh, here at OneStream. Uh, everybody's seeing significant growth, and this evolution of the company as we're as we're just growing and evolving. What do you think some of our strengths are as a as a company? Yeah, it's interesting because um, you, you call me the president, but when people ask me what I do, I say I'm a professional email answer. <laughs> That's I've, I've, I've taken my master's degree in email answering. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's, that's my role, but really there's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot, there's so much change, Peter, our ability to quickly make decisions, press go. And if we're wrong, reevaluate and shift. That's what I think we're really good at. We don't beat things up for days and years. There's a little time of beating stuff up. And then we have some really hard problems sometimes to address uh, that, that, you know, sometimes that does take a little bit of time. But ultimately, I think we're really good at making a decision, pressing go, starting, learning from it, and then shifting one way or another as we need to. Yeah. Um, and that, that agility has been really, uh, really important for us. Um, and you know, our biggest strength is the product, Peter, you know, that yeah. it's, um, it's the innovation, it's the creativity, it's the invention of new solutions, uh, whether they be platform capabilities or marketplace solutions, it's the, the, uh, innovation that, uh, we have, it's, we think about things different. We don't try to copy everyone else. I remember when we were, uh, really going after improvements in the platform around planning. And Tom's like, I don't want to know how anyone else does it. I want to do it the best way that you can do it. And if I find out how someone else does it, my inclination might be to copy them. And I never want to do that. I want to find a, a, a different and better path. And I think, I think we're pretty, we're pretty good at that. And that's, that's innovation. And it comes from 
you know, the domain knowledge that's at this company from yourself, from Tom, from Bob, they've been around a long time. Lots of other humans at this company have been around a long time, right? And and that sort of combined knowledge helps you be very creative on what you do. So we are we are a product first company. We have to sell it, right? Or else we don't get to stay in business. Yeah. You know, that's one of the rules. If you don't sell your awesome product, you don't get to stay in business. Uh, someone taught me that a long time ago. But we're a product first company. It's product market fit, right? We're always looking to make sure our, our product fits what the market wants at, at least 80, 90, you know, percent. There's no 100%, by the way. No one does 100. Yeah. There's no such thing. Then we would not need any developers to make anything better ever. Well, t- well, talking about the market then, um, how does the macro environment and the, the the larger economy sort of impact the growth at OneStream as we keep getting bigger and bigger? How does how does that impact what we're trying to do? Well, it it definitely affects us, Peter. Um, we're you know we're a pretty large purchase to an organization. We can be a significant uh, commitment in in both the uh, purchase of the software as well as the you know, implementation commitment uh, in terms of both dollars and their internal resources. So they have to have those things in place to be able to be successful with OneStream. And, uh, you know, we we are definitely subject to macroeconomic headwinds when inflation is high and there's uncertainty. There's often a pause that happens. Now, that said, you and I have been around a long time and in the same industry we are one of those products where you have to do it. And when there's uncertainty, our software actually makes life better for you, not worse. And, and so it's, it's investable. So we are able to weather those storms, I think, easier, better than other types of software out there. There's a few things you can't sacrifice. You can't sacrifice security software is the same way, by the way, Peter, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to have security. And, and guess what? Yeah, you have to be able to look around corners. You have to be able to plan appropriately and you have to have confidence in the quality of information. And the most important thing is when things get tough, guess what companies want to do? They want to become more efficient and more effective. They want to eliminate their technical debt. Having a platform that you can continually take out point solutions and bring them into one cohesive solution. Yeah. One product, one application. That's. That's meaningful. It's when you when you actually look at the dollars and cents of it, we save companies millions and millions of dollars becoming more efficient, more effective, taking their smartest people that used to tie out data in between, you know, apps and try to make sure metadata aligned and make sure everything was in sync. Those are the smartest people in the company. And now you get to take those people and they don't have to worry about those mechanics anymore. All they're focusing on is how to be a better business partner, how to take that information gain more insight for it and and help the business operate more efficiently and more effectively. That's game. That's transformational. Yeah. It's not transformational to change one stream from HFM or FCCS. That's not transformational. What's transformational is when they look at the big picture and they, they figure out how to bring all those pieces into one stream and leverage the power of the one stream platform. That's transformational. That's a really interesting uh, perspective. I like that. Uh, let me ask you this. Looking forward, what do, what do you see are some of the challenges and opportunities in CPM over the next three to five years? I mean, I'm thinking of things like 
you know, machine learning. I know, you know, uh, AI has gotten a lot of buzz with chat GPT, but what, where do you think CPM is going to evolve over the, you know, the medium term? Yeah. Well, to me, it's more than CPM now, right? You just said the words AI. Yeah. AI is true machine learning. Now we're extending beyond CPM, but the, the fact that we already have the platform, the platform's proven, right, Peter? Yeah. I don't know. Well, what do we have? We have 1100 references. They're all, they're successful. Uh, they'll speak highly of us. But when we look at it, it's really about expanding what is, what was thought of as CPM out to AI and ML. I, and, and you said it. It's, that's the one, Peter. That's the biggest opportunity, uh, for us. And, uh, it, it's, it's really not possible unless you have that democratization of machine learning. You can actually bring it down to, uh, what a normal human can understand. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it can't be just all data scientists. It has to come back into CPM. It has to be able to be compared versus the actuals. You have to know where the data came from. You have to trust the data. And, and that's really a, a path that we're on. It's about opening up the black box and being able to provide the true machine learning, you know, projects that can be agile and really take a customer from guessing to a customer to, hey, this is, this is a better prediction. This is a, this, this is different. This is better and it's consistently better. And we know why it's better and bringing it back into CPM so that you can analyze versus what you know or what you thought. Yeah. And, uh, and, and be able to get the comfort when you follow the line back on the actuals and say, how would we have done it? Oh yeah. We would have done really, really close to that line on actuals. Um, that's really important. And, uh, we have a different approach. Again, it's an invention. No one else has it. Took us five years to write. You know, some brilliant young men wrote that product from scratch. They invented it. And uh, it's going to be game changing for us. So that's that's our real opportunity. So, Craig, going all the way back from the days when you were both the sales, the entire sales and the entire demo team, <laughs> the team has grown remarkably. Um, let's talk about how the team's changed and what are some of the biggest changes now? Yeah, no, that that's a great question. I, I have to add in that I was also in charge of marketing uh, and I right. wrote blogs <laughs> and uh, I wrote the website and uh, <laughs> I did all the white papers, all the brochures, <laughs> right? I, right. I, I also did alliances. I went out and I acquired partners and, you know, all that experience really, first of all, it's all super fun, uh, but I wouldn't give myself an A plus in any of the areas. Uh, except for pre-sales, I got really good at demoing the product. I think you, I think you enjoyed my demos, did you not? Of course, Peter? I got. Of course, I got really good at demoing <laughs> the product. Well, it was the thing I was the most proud of, and, and that had to happen. I had to, I had to create a way in a talk track to talk through our solution that explained how powerful it was, but also how easy it was to use for an end user. How you could guide them through the process and 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 make their life better as an end user, but also, you know, deliver that value to corporate. So I was really proud of that. That said, I couldn't do a demo today. The, the product has passed me by. The pre-sales team is, you know, they're so amazing. They're so knowledgeable. Um, they're just a phenomenal group of professionals. And they've created new and novel ways to show the same things that I used to show uh, in an even way better way. Um, 
than I ever did. Um, our sales team is is more aligned strategically to how to actually you know walk a sales process through. My sales process, I was never, you know, uh, a strategic salesperson. My goal was to provide them all the information and have a natural conclusion that we were the only possible choice. That that was how I did it. I I didn't say, hey, are we going to close on this day? I'd say, hey, when do you want to be live? And they'd say, I want to be live on this day. I'd say, okay, let's work backwards. That's we're going to need contracts by this day to so you can be live by this day. That's interesting, Craig. Sorry to jump in here, but this season we've been talking uh, to the, the listeners about how concepts become solutions, how we how we take ideas and then how we how we bring them to the customer to help solve an issue. So already you're sort of explaining like a different approach. The end game isn't getting an SOW or a contract signed. It's helping the client understand, you know, what their timeline is and and the problem they're kind of trying to solve. How do you what else is in, involved in that? Like, how do you, I mean, I always look at our clients as more business partners, not just somebody buying software. Like we're, we're working with them. How do you see it? So, so the, the best thing and, and really, I got to thank, uh, there, there are a few guys that, that really brought this to the table, but Randy Cramp really opened my eyes to it. And we do a joint execution plan with every customer. That's the goal we should do one. I believe we do one with almost every customer. And we actually get them to buy into all the things that you said, Peter, because they don't always know how to how to buy software. They know how to be part of a project and help implement it. They don't always know how to buy software, and they might not know all the steps at their own company. So, as a sales team, and you know, you actually go in and you create a whole plan with a timeline, just like an implementation, Peter, just like you would do for a timeline of it. This has to be done by this date, yeah, or else we're all in trouble. And, and you, you get the customer to sign off on it. And once they sign off on it, you've begun your partnership. It is a partnership at that point. They've signed off and they've, they've created responsibilities and tasks. They need to know when they need to go to IT to get alignment, to get security sign off, to get all the pieces done that they need to do to buy software. And they're signing off to all the time. They want to, and we work backwards from the live date of the software. You, you take into account all that stuff. But you're working backwards from those days to say, what are all the steps that you need to take? And now you've created a partnership and you can have an open, oh yeah, I couldn't get to this, you know, to the IT team. And, you know, that's going to cost us a week. Well, that's a problem. How can we make up that week? Yeah. Just like you do it. Isn't that exactly what you would do? Uh, you know, we didn't get sign off on the data tie out. Well, what, how do we shift now? We do the exact same thing. It's incredibly strategic. And the team and, and, you know, Ken and Jim, those guys brought the process to it that I didn't have. I had my own internal clock that I worked with. I didn't have their formal process. It worked for me and that's great. And I, I did all right at it. Those guys are better at it than I am. They are. They're more strategic and, and it's more formulaic and it is truly partnership oriented. And the, and the customer appreciates it at the end of the day because they want someone to help guide them through it and, and help them look for the, the pitfalls and avoid them if possible. Yeah. So, but the process has been so much more refined, Peter. And yeah, we've got a phenomenal uh, sales team and, and it really starts with our sales leadership. Uh, those guys know, you know, Matthew knows how to sell software and Chad knows how to sell software and Anthony and Mark and, you know, Michael, and those guys know 
They know what they're doing. Big Z knows what he's doing. Those, those guys know the process inside and out. They also know CPM really well. Yeah. That's our secret weapon is, you know, all the folks at this company that really have grown up in this industry um, and they know CPM. So besides helping a customer sort of guide through that process, what are other things you think customers want from their salespeople? They want transparency. Yeah. They do. They want to know, they want to be told no, if it's no and why. They want to be able to talk to anyone. We we still give the whole list out, Peter. Which is amazing. They can call anyone. Yeah. I love that. I love it. As a as a as a guy like like you know, I've been in those meetings lots of times, Craig, and it's it's uh it's a source of pride and it's almost it feels almost bragging when when one of our sales reps puts the entire client list on the table and, and you guys say, call anybody like it, it, it is like I feel like we're bragging, but it's a it's a real source of pride, too. Yeah, we, we are bragging a little. Right. That's OK. That's what you do. You, you show off when you've done all right. Yeah. Sometimes they ask, hey, guide us to someone really bumpy. I just got this question. Uh, I gave three examples of really bumpy implementations where the customer is one of our phenomenal fanatics of a reference, but they had really bumpy implementations. We had misalignment on expectations, you know, we, in terms of the project and scoping that all that stuff, just, it didn't go perfect. As you know, Peter, these projects are really hard. They're really big often, but all three of these, we got through, they love us. You know, I'm, I'm really, you know, really proud of that. Well, let me ask you too, once, once the project sort of kicks off, uh, what's sales role going forward in ensuring a client is happy? And, and is that really common with software companies? Yeah, I think, I think with SaaS, it is becoming more common, Peter, uh, because they realize that their customer won't be a customer if they don't have a success. So software is a service. They're buying a service and they can cancel that service at any time, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not paying that big upfront fee and, and uh, having that long commitment is sort of a shorter time period. So, but the motion's really important. And, uh, you know, the customer success, the customer success team that we put in place, the, the goal was the sales rep owned that customer and was responsible for their success. That really hasn't changed, except for we've given them some teammates around customer success people. They can uh, be more thoughtful, more hand-holding if, if hands need to be held, uh, dive in, investigate, really be that customer's um, you know, sort of single voice uh, if they are having an issue to be able to resolve that issue and make sure that they get a resolution that's acceptable for them. You asked a question uh, before, and, and I said transparency. There's more to my answer, and I'm just thinking through it. Customers want predictable success. They want to be able to predict their success. So that's the goal of the sales team, the marketing team, the alliances team, our partners out there. They need to be able to provide the information so a customer can see their path to success. And that's really important. Once you get in that mindset of that's really what they want, they want to be able to go, if I sign here, I have the best chance of success. And, and that's what I think we're really good at is, is because we are so transparent, it ties back to that predictable success, right? And uh, I think it gives customers a, a level of comfort that you know, when they sign with OneStream, that we're going to be in it with them. And uh, 
you know, we're going to be the true business partner to take them forward. Let's talk about the platform for a minute. I hear everybody say, oh, we're a platform, we're a platform. How do you explain a platform to people? And, and I don't think they are. I think we truly are a platform, by the way. But how do you explain it to, to customers and prospects? What, what that means, a truly unified platform? And how do you sort of quantify the value to a customer? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, actually. Um, I asked one of our people that came over from one of our competitors. And he said, yeah, they have a platform. And I said, they, they don't. And he said, no, no. They do. I said, well, what does a platform mean to you? He goes, well, they can, they can solve for multiple use cases with a single product. And I said, all right. I said, but they're not a platform. And I'm going to explain nicely why. Yeah. <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> I said, they can't, they can't write software on their software. They can't create a solution to plan for people on their software. They need to use their tool as it is to try to plan for people, but they didn't write new software to plan for people. And guess what? Their software doesn't plan for people that well. You know why? Because they did, they can't write software on their software. They can't write account recs on their software. A whole new capability of software that was developed on our software and literally downloads into your existing application and you, you begin solving the business problem on day one. So the definition of a platform, and I made this point at Sales Kickoff, Peter, the definition is we have a development environment. We can write software on our software. And we just held, didn't we held a, a, hold a developer conference? It's called Wave. I think we did. And we had several hundred people out there. I think And the, guess what they're doing? They're developing software on our software. It was the first time we held it. We have a developer. No other competitor we have has a developer conference. You can't write software on any of those other solutions, you, you have, you have a hammer and you have a nail and that's it. You yeah. hammer the nail in and that's your, it's the, the only tool set you have at one stream. We have a, a different tool set to solve for different sort of business problems, right? The, the in memory, financially intelligent analytic engine that has cubes within cubes, really powerful, right? Really flexible. We've got relational for the planning of transient information, information that changes all the time. And then we've got our high volume, high frequency transactional analytics engine, which is a columnar store technology and, uh, you know, best friends with relational, but a little different. And we use those different technologies as well as our stage engine. And we use those technologies to solve for different problems in different ways. And we're the only solution that has those sort of technology. We did the hard part, the heavy lifting of making those technologies work together where everyone else, they would they would write a separate product for it. And then it would, again, take an army of humans to align the data between the separate products. And as you know, with OneStream, we solve for that with the platform. We solve that for that with our technology. It really, if, when you're articulating it to the customer, Peter, it's infinite possibilities. Craig, let me ask you one more question before we close out the, the podcast today. This is sort of a fun one for me, but I, I really want to know, tell me three things you wish you knew before you got into sales. Oh, man. Uh, I wish I knew how to sell. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> before I got into sales. I didn't know how to like when you get into sales, Peter, um, you don't know how to sell yet. You really don't. You have to figure it out. Uh, and you have to you have to learn. And the only way to learn, guess what, is is failure. I always tell people, I don't I don't care if you fail. That's where you learn. And it's a bummer that we had to fail to do it. That's okay, though. I expect everyone to have uh, a failure, learn from it, and be better the next day. And that's, you know, fail fast mentality is super important to our culture. But you have to learn from it. If you just keep failing, that's no good. <laughs> right? Yeah. You have to learn from it and you have to get better. And, uh, you know, the fail, failing fast is the best way to learn from stuff and get better. Um, so I, I guess I wish I had the failures without all the pain of the failures, <laughs> you know, um, but that's, that's how you learn. Right. That's great, Craig. And thanks for, thanks for being on this one. I appreciate it. Well, Peter, thanks for having me and let me share with the community. Uh, you know, we're an open door company, right? Um, uh, no person at my company, no prospect, no partner should ever be weary of asking me a question. Um, or ha wanting a chat. That's my favorite part of the job actually is, uh, is talking to customers, partners, employees about what we do, why we're different and, uh, why it's transformation, why it's so meaningful to them and will be in the end. So I uh, really appreciate you having me on. Another great discussion. Thank you very much for bringing expertise to the podcast today. And thank you, fellow OneStreamers, for joining us. Remember, if you like this content, please don't forget to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, concerns, please reach out at podcast at onestreamsoftware.com. I look forward to bringing you another exciting podcast. Until then, take care, and I'll see you next time on the OneStream Podcast. The OneStream Podcast is brought to you by the OneStream Global Education Services team.